Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first iridescent cup of coffee. Ah. We just got to take a moment to savor that. Today is, say it with me, is everyone ready? It's Friday! Whatever day of the week is an actual Friday for you, I hope that you can take a moment to celebrate the existence of Fridays. Uh, uh, Today is 2-11-2022. Lots of twos and ones today. Seeds and soil. We're working them. (laughs) Hope 2023 really is the manifestation, right? Uh, So, um, yeah, here we are. Here we are then. Uh, I have a little bit of a tired at this point. It was funny. um, Lexi Chantal, hi Lexi, who often listens to this podcast, messaged me last night and asked me a question about something. Um, what date I preferred for an event. And I was like, I had absolutely no, no fucking clue what she was talking about, frankly. And I said, remind me what this thing is. And she said, you know, this thing that you asked me to put together that you assigned to me, I was like, Oh, that thing. My God, it totally dropped out of my brain. Although I will argue that that is um, successful delegation and successful trust in your volunteer that you can hand something off and never think about it again until they ask a question about it, which unfortunately I told her that I would participate in this thing. Not unfortunately, I'm happy to participate, Lexi. It was just funny uh, because right now I've got, I'm trying to get better at compartmentalizing because I am fighting this, uh, you know, what our deputy executive director, Tara LeMay calls it the curse that being president of CIFWA makes you lose a book a year, whichever, whatever that means, a book for every year that you are president, a book, um, each year that you would have write, written and didn't, I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm fighting this. A particular, I don't want to call it a curse. What is it? It's a um, dire prediction. I'm trying to fight this because since I write full-time, I should be able to do this. But what I find is that it, it, it has to do with mental bandwidth because you all know that I, I always go back to the um, picking cotton thing. You know, the writing isn't picking cotton running an organization like CIFWA isn't picking cotton. Um, and, and I have family <laughs> who picked cotton. Uh, my great grandparents were sharecroppers in North Carolina, Scottish. Um, you know, and even my grandparents, um, didn't pick cotton, but you know, my, my grandfather worked in a furniture factory. So, I mean, there's hard labor and, and I will often freely invited or not 
tell people that the hardest job I've ever had in my whole life was being a cocktail waitress. Uh, that was the worst. That was the most grueling work. And I am so glad that I have the education and intelligence and privilege and all of those things that I was able to make my living in ways that was not being a cocktail waitress because I got paid way better for doing way less work. <laughs> it's one of those fundamental unfairnesses of the world. Tip your cocktail waitresses well, people. Um, they, they seriously deserve it. Uh, anyway, I probably went on a couple of different tangents there. So let's see, not picking cotton, uh, but there is a thing of mental bandwidth. Um, that mental bandwidth is a thing. And one of the things that I've discovered is, especially the way I write a book. I mean, I'm, I know I'm fortunate in that I write a book pretty much from beginning to end, and then I hold the whole story in my head. But holding an entire book in your head, especially as you get into the final week of writing it, is... Um, it, it takes up a lot of mental bandwidth, right? It takes up, <laughs> there, there's a little finch that just landed on my window ledge and is peering in at me. Uh, I don't know what that was, a sign from the universe. Little red finch. And the bluebirds of happiness are outside. So all is well. But one thing I've discovered is that being president of Sefwa, does require a certain amount of motion, of mental bandwidth as well. Um, and I'm trying to get better about compartmentalizing. And I was talking about this with Kelly Robson the other day because she was talking about uh, how much of she feels like writing occurs in the back brain when she's not actually writing. And, and she's had a very difficult several months here and she's been grieving. And she said she thinks that maybe grieving was taking up a lot of that, um, you know, that back brain. And she wasn't, um, you know, it was like the well wasn't refilling. And I can see that. I don't think mine's the same way because it's not grieving. But I told her I'm really trying to figure out ways to not think about SIFWA stuff when I'm not doing SIFWA. <laughs> or getting distracted by birds. Now there's a, a flicker out there, very beautiful flicker. Big bird. I like looking at the birds because they are merry. <laughs> you get points if you get that reference. So um, compartmentalizing, it, it's a big thing because the, and in some ways I'm doing better because the book is edging everything else out. So yesterday, oh, I haven't even opened my, um, oh, well, I won't, but well, hold on. I don't have to tell you to hold on, but I do anyway. Pause. Okay. So yesterday went faster than Wednesday did. Uh, Wednesday, I only made it through 32 pages, though I added um, over 2,000 words. Yesterday, I added 1,300 words, and I made it through 59 pages, which was better. But... That means I'm on page 241 of 334. They have gone up. Alert readers will notice. So I've got 93 pages left on this revision. I've got 90,479 words. So 15,000 words to go, which 
theoretically, I can get done next week, 15,000 word week, 3,000 words a day. Does it give me any time to revise? So I may do some work over the weekend. Sort of see how I feel. But yesterday required, um, you know, some adding of words and still some pretty intense mental work. And there's still one thing that I'm trying to decide. I even woke up this morning thinking about it, which is that back brain working on the story. You do want that to happen. But I was thinking about where I could, if I need to put this thing in, if it's important to the cascade of the story. Um, I'm not convinced yet. But I won't sit here and think about it while you guys are watching and listening. I'm, I'm going to let it go for now. I'm not going to revisit it this morning. I'm going to come back to it and decide. Um, it's breaking me that I've got like this. You know what this is? This little poofy thing on my sweater for those of you on visual. It's because I don't ever lay flat to dry, right? When you wash your clothes and you're supposed to lay flat to dry. I put them on hangers and hang them. We have a big four poster bed and I hang them from the struts on there. But every once in a while you get like this poofy sleeve thing. What I'm wondering is, I know my mother lays some stuff flat to dry, but does anybody else in the world actually lay stuff flat to dry? I mean, if I had everything that I'm supposed to lay flat to dry when I do laundry was actually laid flat to dry. I mean, it would like, I would have to have them, I don't know, all over the floors and stuff. Where does this come from? Who has a place where you can lay stuff flat to dry? Um, I know that that's a total digression, but I'm wondering these things. Let me know if you have an answer. Very important question. So anyway, um, I did get that work done yesterday and then I was just depleted. I was brain dead and I more or less took the entire day off of simplest stuff. I answered a couple of emails, but I just had to have an afternoon of doing not much at all. I mean, like I emptied the dishwasher and we went for a walk. We went for a walk in the outside. It was, it was nice enough to go walk outside. So that was pleasant. And I don't know, I didn't do a hell of a lot else. I'm reading, I'm reading, um, JD Robb's Abandoned in Death, which came out on Tuesday. And that's really fun. Cause I finished, finished, I finished a work. Um, I'm, we'll just see how this comes out on the transcript. I'm doing a pretty good job of not editing too much. Although I do have to go through and fix names because it's not right if names are wrong. There's some profound wisdom for you. It's not right if names are wrong. <laughs> you could mark that down, make a tattoo of it. Jeesh, uh, my brain. My brain is empty, you guys. Uh, so anyway, um, what was I even saying? Finished. Oh, I finished reading Intasar Kanani's, which I'm sure trans transcript will have a terrible time with, uh, Thorn and I loved it. I really did. It is, um, especially because the romance is not only slow burn, but it's barely there, but it's really earned by the story. 
Um, I appreciated that, the way that the story flows. And it's really one of the big divergences between the way she did her Goose Girl retelling and I did. Uh, because mine, of course, has sex, because my stories always have sex. And hers not only doesn't, but it barely has that romance. It's, it's implied that the romance will come later. Um, there's the beginnings of it, I guess. And, but I do feel like the way the story goes, that's, um, you know, it, I, I do think that it makes sense. Um, and I, I think it's a gorgeous book. I think she did a beautiful job of writing this book. I loved it. Um, I do think it's funny that um, one of the, the Faro Feb gals, Lizette Marshall, I like her books a lot, or was it her that some these gals have conversations? Stephanie P Prater, S.L. Prater, and um, Colleen Crowley chimes in. Uh, Vela Ross, Maria Zadina. Hope I got that right. Anyway, uh, they were having this conversation about authors who have sex in their books also address other bodily functions, whereas other authors who I, you know, I, I don't like to use the word clean because it drives me crazy, but uh, have off the page sex or no references to sex at all, also tend not to re reference bodily functions, which I think is an interesting insight because, and they were, I saw it because they mentioned me, um, I think Lizette mentioned me, because they were joking about how Dark Wizard opens with Gabriel and his aggressive peeing. Uh, you know, he arrives on the land of his enemy and the first thing he does is, is pee on it. And, and I think that's funny because my characters do have bodily functions of all kinds. And I think that's very interesting that those of us who write on the page sex also are more willing to embrace more willing or we'll leave it at more willing that, that within text, we also discuss the body in all of its um, many functions. It's uh, enticing or not. Whereas in a book like Thorn, there's um, almost a, I'm trying to think of what the word I want is. I, the, the characters become, you know, I mean, they're very rounded and real characters, but they become almost avatar-like in a way in that they don't seem to have human bodies. Other than where injuries are concerned, there's not much else about their bodies. And even the injuries were, I don't know, like a step removed. And I think it just has to do with like where we where we root ourselves. It's it's more of a of an intellectual um, approach. It's more in the head or in the spirit, even uh, as opposed to being rooted in the body. I know that Grace Draven writes much more rooted in the body, like I do. It's something that we have in common. It's just an interesting thing to think about. So uh, let's see. Oh, so then I finished Thorn. Fact, I should do something. I realized I hadn't noted that I had finished Thorn 
and started reading Abandoned in Death on my spreadsheet. And I don't like it if I get my dates behind. Very important things. So, um, so yeah, it's really, it's always fun to read Nora. She's, she's good for, um, especially when I'm drafting this intensely, it's really good for me to have these really competent writers in my head. Sometimes people ask me if I worry about what I'm reading leaking into the story and I don't, uh, I think I've talked about it here before once or twice, but you know, people who plagiarize other works are doing it on purpose. <laughs> the, when they say that it's subconscious or inadvertent, that's an excuse. Uh, we, we are what we take in. It's a way of refilling the well. Um, yeah, so I read Abandoned and Death quite a bit yesterday afternoon. Did a few things. Not a lot. Not a lot. And we watched... Oh, you know what we watched? Uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Had not seen that, I think, since it came out back in 2006. And I did not remember that Steve Carell was in it. I mean, it's a it's a great cast. Um you know, Alan Arkin and Tony Collette, who I love. I think she's amazing. And uh, I'm not going to be able to think of his name. He was in As Good As It Gets. It might come to me. Uh, but also Abigail Breslin. She got, you know, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in that movie. She plays a little girl. Paul Dano is in it. But Steve Carell plays uh, Tony Collette's brother who tried to commit suicide and I was thinking, wow, how did I not remember that? And it turns out that Steve Carell was kind of a nobody in 2006. He was a relative unknown in Hollywood. And, but that same couple of years, and it took him five years to make the movie. And it, it said that the um, producers and directors were a little hesitant to cast Steve Carell because he was so unknown. But then by the time the movie came out, uh, he had just won... Um, maybe an Emmy for uh, his first year in the office, season one of the office. And, uh, and also 40 year old virgin had come out. And so he'd like rocketed to superstardom. So I just think that's really funny. That's, I have to figure out the name of the guy, Greg Kinnear. You guys probably all knew this. You were probably all shouting it at me. Hmm. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to get back to revising today. At least now I'm into the stuff that I wrote more recently. Let's just see. Yeah, I am I am now into the stuff that I wrote three weeks ago. So it's much more alive in my head, uh, which is good and bad. Uh, it's good to have that distance, you know, get that uh, distance from the charm of recent composition, right? But also it feels more... Um, Alive. Does that make sense? I'm not going to search for more words. I, I spent a lot of time yesterday trying to think of, or maybe it was the day before. What is time? Who am I? Trying to think of what's the word for like if you leave school and it's like, well, not ditching. And is it, it's, was it dropping out or was it skipping, um, being delinquent? I was really having a hard time. If only you guys were there to be on a little speaker on my desk and tell me these words when I need to think of them. 
But anyway, so we'll see. We'll see how far I get today. We'll see how I feel. Um, I may work over the weekend to give myself buffer time, and then I will probably take the following week off. See, I, I'm learning. I'm trying to learn. Anyway, I hope that you all have a wonderful Friday. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend, whether it's time off for you or not. I hope you are productive. I hope that your brain delivers the words that you need when you need them. And I will talk to you all on Monday. You all take care. Bye-bye.